Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution by uniting mission-driven humans. I'm so excited to be with you today. We have fitness family in the house, Ajay Ramirez. She is a registered nurse and passionate, enthusiastic human on the pursuit to make this world a better place through health and wellness, but mostly by leading by example. Ajay inspires us to lead with personal responsibility and seek that whole human approach of mind, body, and spirit. Enjoy this conversation. Get inspired. Check us out wherever you get your podcast and look for the video on YouTube. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm so excited to be here today. These are my favorite conversations. I have fitness family in the house. We met at CrossFit, and you know I always say I love CrossFit so much because it's such an awesome filter for varsity humans on a mission. Even if we have completely different missions or views or whatever, we always have uh, common ground and core values. And this is a varsity human, and we I feel like we became fast friends. We were talking about nutrition casually and then basically had a podcast at CrossFit right before we got started about nutrition and what's going on. So without further ado, I want to introduce Ajay Ramirez to the TNT Mike. Ajay, welcome. Hey, I'm so nervous to be here. I'm excited. <laughs> is, is this your first podcast ever? Yeah, this is my first. Yes. Um, I, I just don't be going on podcasts like that. <laughs> You will be. You will. So here's quick. Here's Ajay's quick bio. She's 26. She's a born and raised Coloradan. I'm here with you. She's the eldest of five, and she's been in healthcare since she was 18. She started as a CNA, then an LPN, and now an RN with her associate's degree. And she's currently working at a pediatric home as a health nurse and bedside nurse uh, in medical surgery and uh, telemetry. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's she's an avid fitness human, and we are. Uh, talking about the importance of family and how there is such a discrepancy or, well, a discrepancy, but just such a lack of awareness about actual nutrition in our formal healthcare. And she's obviously a fitness human, passionate about nutrition, health and wellness. And she, we were just talking about how it was so hard for her to um, really get into the depths of nutrition and make better lifestyle choices for her patients and people she was helping because she's got five, 10 minutes and the system just doesn't support that conversation. So I was like, okay, say, say, say less, get you on turmeric and tequila. Let's talk about it. But before we get into that, Aja, Tell us about young Ajay, because you were a leader right from the get-go with four younger sisters. Um, but tell tell me about growing up in Colorado and how you were as a kiddo. Um, it was cool. I was I grew up with a lot of love, mainly from my mom. Um, it was it was kind of hard. Um, I it was it was a struggle. I didn't think about it being a struggle until I regurgitate some stories. Um, uh, you know, low income. My mom had five girls. She was married, but um, sometimes still you can almost feel like a, a single parent in that situation. And that's kind of, that was the situation for her. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's hard talking about myself. So I'm going to try to I got you. be going that. But um, so, yeah, uh, oldest out of five, um, always been kind of, headstrong within the family. So when my mom passed away, she passed away when I was 16, 17, well, wow. going on to 17. Uh, she had passed away from ovarian cancer. Um, I think there's a lot of other reasons as to, to what led to her 
um, ailment. Uh, she was almost a single mother pretty much to five girls. We were giving her a headache. Then uh, the person that was supposed to be our husband and partner and, you know, be there for her was giving her a headache. <clears throat> and um, she felt not she did fail. She failed. It's a, that's a harsh word, but she failed to give herself um, the attention that she was trying to give to us and then her husband. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about what we're what you talk about and what we're going to talk about today. I um, um, but yeah, so my mom's passing was a pivotal moment in my health was a pivotal mo moment in the uh, career choice. Um, her, yeah, so her passing was a pivotal moment. And so you were telling me uh, before we, you hit record on this podcast how I come off um, older than my actual age, 26. Uh, it, I think that's because of that. I felt like a grandma. I felt like <laughs> I was a mom almost. Yes. Um, my first few years of adulthood and I'm just not feeling like Benjamin Button where yeah. I'm, I'm going from like 80,000 years old to right now, I would say I'm in my fifties, maybe, um, <laughs> a healthy 50. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at, with, um, with my timeline and it's kind of my life. Yeah. Well, I, it's so funny because I think we're both intentional humans and I'm not, I'm not quick to say I did say older, but I really say more mature and so mission driven. Like you're, you had such clarity in, you know, we, we had only had like a few conversations, but just connected immediately because clearly we share the same passions. Um, but you just were so mission driven and clear on what like your sense of purpose in this world. So I was mm -hmm. so impressed when I saw 26. I was like, oh, my God, I'm like this is why I love. I'm here for our young people. I have faith in our future because I see, yeah. you know, our, our 20 somethings really clear on what they need to do in this world um and that's that's incredible you took something you know really tragic anytime losing a parent uh happens i think that it, it obviously changes your life but it's, you know it's never what happens it's how you react were you mm. into the medical field or any sort of passionate before that uh no actually i wasn't even around my mom's passing i was not even uh into nursing at the time. Okay. I was actually going to school. I was going to school to get my CNA. Um, so I moved around a lot. But anyways, uh, hopped around and came back to Colorado after my uh, mom passed away. Ended up going to Texas for a bit and then came back. So um, I was like, I need to get my life together. So I got my yeah. GED and um, <clears throat> I went to school for my CNA because that was a free class along with my GED. So wow. I hear CNAs got paid better, um, and for my age and for my position, that would have been that would have been convenient. The job is never going away. So um, I, it wasn't because it wasn't because of the healthcare. Um, it was just because I needed money while I went to school for business, okay. and I was saying, I didn't know what kind of business I was going to start. It just sounded good at the time, like oh sure. yeah, I'm going to school <laughs> for business, and uh, I'm glad I didn't do that. I, um, later, once I graduated from, um, my GED and my CNA, I moved to Missouri and I, I'm all about what well, at that time I was mindful of, you need to, you just can't keep moving around. You have to complete something before you go on to the next. 
And so Colorado was me completing my CNA, my GED. Uh, Missouri, I heard of LPN program. And I was like, oh, what is that? So I educated myself more on that. And <clears throat> I heard that you can potentially travel. I heard you can pay, get paid a little bit more than a CNA. Um, and so those are the two highlights. It was about getting paid more. It was about travel. It was not about health. Um, but um, around that period of time, between me getting my CNA and my LPN, um, I was an overweight child. I had lost a significant amount of weight um, by the age of 20. I was almost 300 pounds when I was 14. Yeah, and then I was... I think by 21, I think I was like 170-something. Um, and so in Missouri, I um, now I decided, okay, I tried getting into LPM program like three times. The third time was a charm. But during that journey, I learned about psychology because I had to take my prereqs. I learned about um, <clears throat> the human body. Just psychology was the one that, that I loved because I was unintentionally um, mindful of getting better mentally because yeah. yeah. I had a lot of things to work through. I was angry. I was angry at my mom. Sure. Um, I was angry at uh, her husband. I was angry at the family around that just allowed some things that I didn't care for. Um, so I ne I needed I needed different ways to figure out how I can navigate. And so losing weight um, helped a lot because there was like a mental clarity. Um, just learning about psychology helped a lot. I don't, am I answering the question? Absolutely. hundred uh, percent. Okay. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Yeah. So, um, um, and then later I got my uh, RN. So throughout this whole time, um, I'm practicing what I'm learning. And uh, I found it being helpful to me because yeah. uh, I strongly believe in um, knowledge is not shit if you don't actively participate in it. Like if you don't act actively implement it in your life, it's like you can regurgitate as much as you want. You can tell me how the solar system works. You can tell me how many planets, how many stars. You can tell me um, how to get to X, Y, and Z. But if you're not actively doing anything with this information what is the point i don't care this is a waste of my time yeah i didn't know it's it's cool to listen to fun facts and all that but there's certain <laughs> things where i just don't want to hear it i want to see it yeah so and do it so yes. yeah I love it. Well, is it's so funny because even as young people, and I never compare anyone's journey because we all walk in such different shoes and we never know. But I do know that every young person can be mad at their parents or their upbringing in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a conscious mindset for all of our young people to hear like, listen, no matter who your parents were, good on paper, the worst on paper, whatever it was, at some point you have to find a way to let go. And mm -hmm. you've got to just know that most of the time they're doing the best they can with what they have. And that's a lot to unpack and it's many hours. And 
you know, as kiddos, we just, you just go with it. And then you, you get into your teens and twenties and you're like, well, actually I'm kind of mad about X, Y, and Z. So I think mm-hmm. that's hard. And I think sometimes the weight we carry literally or metaphorically or whatever is that process and that letting go. And you might lose weight, you might lose metaphorical weight, whatever, but it's that conscious yeah. mindset of letting go. Did you have some sort of like spirituality or something guiding you like internally thinking like, I want to heal or I want to move on? Like, was there something pulling you in a direction? Yeah, there was. It was. It's crazy because um, <clears throat> uh, grew up Christian, but um, around the time my mom passed away, I had nobody to press me about going to church. <clears throat> I would have uh, family members here and there press me, oh, like why aren't you praying? Or uh, why aren't you going to church? And I would be thinking to myself, I was like, why would I? I don't want to pray with you because you're a hypocrite. And I don't yeah. want to be in this position. Like, what's the point of me? Um, congregating with people who call themselves Christian, but um, and call themselves children of of the King, and then don't hold themselves to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying be perfect, but it's like, how can you treat yourself and put yourself in positions that don't bring you happiness or peace, uh, but but yet you're a part of this royal family? Mm-hmm. When I think of when I think of child of the King, I'm thinking. Luxury, like luxurious environments, peace, you know, um, beauty, all of that. And so we're not, we're not in this space. I don't want to be a part of this. So, um, and the more people press me, the more I get irritated and the more (laughs) it's like, okay, well, I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. So you can, this is what it is. And so, um, I, uh, yeah, it was mostly a gut feeling. Um, and I did take some of like the Christian, Christian, Christian teachings with me because some of them were valid. I was putting my own understanding into it. And that's probably like against, uh, the Bible, like do not lean into your own understanding or whatever, but there's, there's always been this, um, quote, I don't know if it's a part of the Bible or not, but as of the so below. So if it's God, if we're the image of the creator, then why can't, why then that means I must have like a little God in me, right? I must yeah. have a little people of God. We're co-creators. And so I can create my reality to be heaven or hell. <laughs> we see it all the time. And so, um, yeah, yeah, like it, it was always a lot of intuition uh, driven choices. And if the choice that I made was poor, then I would always, I would give myself the space to forgive myself, be mad at myself, but then can push push through with that and uh, take it as a learning lesson. Um, <clears throat> and this was, it, it's way easier now than what it was then. It was like, I would beat myself up okay. if certain things didn't go a certain way or if I thought a certain way. Now I'm like, okay, this is what it is. This is how you feel, sit in it, don't sit in it too long and then move on and make a better decision. It'll be yeah. different if you kept making the same one over and over again. Um, also, too, what what religion? <clears throat> I I'm, I'm, um, I like the time that we're in now because I can kind of I can be more expressive about this. But <clears throat> Christianity, Catholicism, I'm black, and usually when we talk about Christianity, Catholicism, Mormons, that I, I receive a pamphlet with a white man on there. Right, right. Um, and, uh, or I see photos of Jesus hanging out with all white men. And I'm like, how are you the creator of all? 
how are you um, the lover of all, but most of the people that you're hanging out with do not share any diversity. And I understand that these photos are the perceptions of humans. These are not, these are not, um, this is not God himself creating these images. This is, this is us and this is us in our perspective. Yeah, it's interpretation. Um, just, yeah, interpretation. Yeah. So, but I don't feel comfortable going along with that. Um, sure. And so, but I do respect everybody's religion. I just, that's, that's just one. I just never understood why am I participating in this? Um, I feel like it, it, uh, it uh, solidifies or it perpetuates um like this white savior complex as if well, we don't have, and by we, people that are not white don't have the ability to connect to God um, or um, help themselves um, or, um, yeah, or, uh, you know, like, or white is right for lack of yeah. a, a better phrase. Yeah. Um, also to, um, at this point, I don't even care what, I don't care what God looks like because I don't even think God or the most high or the universe is one thing. Like it's just, it's just like, I, I don't know how to explain it, sure. but I'm not about to argue about what God looks like. I don't know. What, I, I don't know. I would, I don't know. And I wouldn't, <laughs> yeah, it's a woman. <laughs> listen, listen. And so I just, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't even care anymore. I don't, but I definitely am not participating in, in a religion that looks up to somebody that does not look like me or even hangs out with people that look like me. Facts. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, that that's awesome. Thank you very much I, for going vulnerable. It's sharing the backstory and sharing the religious piece. I couldn't like identify with you more about um, just traditional religion. I didn't grow up like traditionally religious. We were always doing like sports and stuff on the weekends. So it's like church just didn't fit in. But ironically, I loved community. So I, one of my friends were going to church. I loved, I just wanted to go be part of like this f cool, fun thing we dressed up for whatever. And then as yeah. I got older, like I, someone gave me a Bible growing up and like I started to read it even as a kid. And I'm like, something this just doesn't, it just doesn't fit. And then as I got older, I like the study of religion I mean, and if God, you know, came from Jerusalem, that's the Middle East, there's zero chance it was a white person. I mean, like, like logistically, that doesn't make sense. And yeah. then, then on the business side, I'm a marketing branding person, the best selling book in the world is the Bible. So then you know, it's a business. So then what are we selling? So I don't know, all of it together never resonated with my soul. And it's just something I couldn't grasp onto even when I don't know if you know, transformational church um, with Michael Todd, like I watched that on YouTube for a while. It's good. But then he was saying some stuff and like going down this traditional route. And literally, I had a painting fall off my wall and cut the cord to my tv one day after it was done so it was like just i know there was just some something there and i'm there for anything that makes anyone a better person i think take any of the intel that makes you better and take it how you want i don't think it needs to look a certain way or be packaged a certain way and that kind of goes against mm -hmm. all these groups you know that want us to do things a certain way and follow the rules and don't have your own thought like and i think your spirit is like mine where it's like not only am I not going to listen because you're telling me what to do, it's like I don't see you as a leader walking in it authentically. So there's no way I have buy-in to it. And that's actually shown up for me even in athletics. Like there's just some coaches I can't align with because I'm like, I know you're not walking it. Like you're preaching it, but I know you're not actually doing the work. Um, so I just really identify with what you're saying. I think it's really important for people listening to hear that you got to trust your gut, even if you can't explain it or, or know exactly what it, exactly what it is or whatever, but like truly go with how you feel about something, lean into that and, and just kind of trust that process. Like yeah. you, 
you know, you, you, even as a young person, I mean, you've lived kind of a whole life before 26. I can't wait to see what's next. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. You're just getting started. So like, make sure you're getting protein and all the carbs and the right thing. Um, but it's the process is messy and un, untold, but if you're kind of just keep listening to what's pulling you in a direction, it's working out and like, it's, yeah. it's leading you something bigger. At what point did you get to, um, uh, a comfortable place maybe even like are you okay talking with your family about like what you believe or like this nutritional or health and wellness journey do they kind of like identify with that or are you kind of like the one the like the cheese stands alone yeah uh it depends on who i'm talking to honestly okay. um, <laughs> but um health help like just specifically health and just eating and working out and stuff like that so um I have a hard time with my sisters because most of my family, I'm like, okay, on my dad's side, they're from Honduras. So oh, they okay. are, they're traditionally more, they lean more to natural foods because that's what they grew up on. Sure. Now, probably the, the second generation, the uh, upcoming generation uh, that lived here in the States have a different perspective on health. But um, uh, like my dad's, generation their siblings are a little bit more health conscious that's actually what got me started was when I moved to Houston after my mom's passing I said with my aunt very strict very strict she okay. took my tongue ring out <laughs> I was like, oh I'm super upset about that I put it back I put it back in no ma'am but anyway <laughs> um so we would we would walk in the morning um we would uh she was, she was way healthier than I was at the time. So she would fix up these meals that were uh, leaning more to the healthy side. Then we go to my mom's side of the family. I actually recently had a conversation with my cousin because she has like a lot of things going on. Like uh, recently got it, came from the hospital, um, diabetic. And um, it's a little harder to explain to her my concerns without coming off um, self-righteous. Sure. <laughs> And I come off very passionate and very stern because I don't want to hear any excuses. I, I'm a little softer with my older, like with my older, uh, my older family members. Um, I'm probably a little soft with all my family, so I, I probably am a little bit more softer. But for the most part, I don't want to hear any excuses. Um, and I, it, it's hard to not sound self righteous when I'm like when I'm expressing a passion of mine because I know where um, uh, poor. Uh, eating choices and lack of movement um, can lead you. I see people's feet get chopped off with diabetes. I see people's um, uh, leg go necrotic and uh, out, of, out of nowhere we have maggots and they, they need a, a amputation. Mm -hmm. um, I see people have difficulty just walking two steps and needing 10 liters of oxygen. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, so so um, some people, some people hear me, uh, and then some, some of my family don't. Um, but I have to remind myself of the energy that I'm putting out to press them on their health. I need to bring that back to me and continue to do what I'm doing and just yes. practice what I preach. Cause I think, um, that says a lot more than me just saying it. Yeah. And when they're, when they're ready, I'll be able to give to them and that took me a while too to to learn um because also too i would do that with other things like with my sisters press them on education mm -hmm. and no matter how what way they get it i'm just 
it's important to educate yourself because you can be easily persuaded if you don't um, learn from life or if you don't learn from other things. And so that's another thing I have to, to uh, practice what I preach and then just hope that they see that it's benefiting me so later they can practice it and, benefit, and let it benefit them. Bang, bang. There's there's a psychology showing up. I love you're kind of weaving all these different things together unintentionally because again, God, I always say God, universe, Madonna. I'm a huge Madonna fan. Whatever you believe, like something's leading you through, and it's all even though it doesn't look like it makes sense, it's all mm-hmm. kind of fitting together. And I couldn't agree with you more. Just like this is what's so cool about this podcast and in general podcasts everywhere is you get to share your story and you get to hear the ethos and the journey. So at some point when you're talking with someone that you might not have an hour to explain your background and explain why you're justified to you know give nutrition or to nutrition or health and wellness advice but they could be like well, I heard in our conversation about you and I, I actually understand that you've walked in it you've done it you've lost x amount of weight mm-hmm. you changed your life you lean into your own values da, 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 da. like I think that's what's so cool about it is like if they don't even have time to hear you know you and your 15 minute appointment or healthcare keeks us you know giving us quick fixes they can come through and, and hear a conversation like this and be like okay, I believe you. I know now that you walk in it and there's just so much power in you sharing your story so people can buy in. And then that's it's people like us where it's like, I hear you and you're telling me the education, you're telling me these, but how do I know you've done it? Or give me like some right, sort right. of, how am I going to buy in without knowing? So I think I'm actually even excited for you to, to hear this back. And I like that, you know, we can be so different, but then you can be similar to your family and still have a completely different journey. I've shared some of that same exact experience where, come on, come to CrossFit, come do this. And they're like, hell no, I'm not doing any of that. Right. I don't care about macros. And, you know, it's so it's it's a good reminder that we all have our process and you have to exactly what mm-hmm. you just said. Keep going back to you, lead as example and give people their process and their time to do what they got to do, because at the end of the day, we don't control that much. Yeah. And the the more you press the issue, the more stress you put on yourself. It's unnecessary mm-hmm. stress. And also to you push away the person, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not the goal. Right. Um, and so I, you, have to, you have to remind yourself too, it's like, <clears throat> just as much as they have free will, just as much as I don't like being pressed on a certain topic. And when I'm ready, I'm ready. This is, you got to extend the same um, respect that you would want them to do to you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, I'm so glad I came across you because. <laughs> <laughs> I like, got you. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. and this, again, this is so, it's so magical about fitness or cross or whatever. Like you come in and there's, we probably never would have crossed paths and, or, you know, never would have connected, but then it's two strangers that have like a 10 minute combo. And it's like, I hear you, I see you. And I completely identify with the mission at hand. Let's talk about it. And it's kind of hard to, I mean, as you get older, you only cross people like really through your work or sometimes your workout, whatever, but it's hard to find people that are on the same page or in pursuit of what you're doing in some capacity. And my mm-hmm. biggest rule of life is get around people that are better than you or that you want to be like, because you always become who you're around. doesn't matter how, you know, righteous or strong or, you know, strong-willed you are. Like it is, your environment is everything. So I, CrossFit and the fitness humans like yourself, it's always a privilege for me to be in company because everybody is serving something. Everybody's in pursuit of something. And that is exactly who I want to be. Um, so I say it right back to you. I'm really, I'm really glad we crossed paths and, uh, I, I'm glad to support because everything takes a team. I'm glad to support in any way I can people like you that are in pursuit of something bigger um, because none of us have it figured out. We kind of just got to work together being like, all right, what would you do with this? How can you help me with this? How can I help you with this? That it, like it's, it's very much like a team effort in this world. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, well, so tell me how you got into CrossFit. How did that cross your space? Oh, uh, I was 21. Okay. My aunt keeps telling me not to tell, like, say the age that it's pretty much like uh, yesterday. She just tells me to say yesterday. Okay. Because it's okay. like 21 is not too far from where I'm at now, but it feels like it. It kind of is. But anyways, I was 21 <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was 21. I was working at the uh, hospital and there was this girl, this woman, I was trying to correct myself because I hate when people say girl and you're clearly a woman. But anyways, um, there's this woman named Stephanie. She was a traveling nurse and uh, she went to CrossFit. Um, so I low key admired her. She was kind of like a girl, a girl crush or woman crush, okay. <laughs> just off of um her her energy. Uh, and so she had invited me to CrossFit. I was like, oh, what is this? And the first time I went, I didn't know I had anger. So I'm over here. It was like legit competition for no reason. I was like, you gotta beat him. You gotta beat him. <laughs> like we were doing the uh up and down things with the sled pulls up and down. Oh, yeah, and, okay, uh, sled push, yeah. Yeah, and so I was like, hurry up, hurry up. And so the first few times I went to CrossFit, it was a little embarrassing. Yeah, that's everybody's <laughs> first day. Everyone looks like uh, like you've never done anything before. It's it's brutal. Yeah, because clearly you didn't have any, at least for me. And um, yeah, that's how I got into it. So I, I stayed there for literally 11 months. Um, and I got, I got toned up, uh, yeah. And then I stopped, um, fell into like a depression, <clears throat> started nursing school and there was a whole bunch of other things going on. Just like trying to be mindful of caring for my sisters and then trying to care for myself. And, um, yeah, fell off of that and then gained some weight back. And then last year, yeah, last year, almost two years ago, maybe, I uh, started back on CrossFit when I came, moved to Texas and because I was like, okay, we're going to start CrossFit. And like, I think the second or third day of being in Texas, I signed up to a gym and just started going consistently and got back into it. And I learned a lot from uh, that first time going to CrossFit because one, I didn't realize I was angry. I like aggressive workouts because I think look, I'm <laughs> deep down inside I'm an aggressive person Hell yeah. and especially at that time in life so um but now I'm less aggressive so like strenuous workouts don't really suit me anymore uh so I was like Kaja, be mindful of your body be mindful of what you eat um because although I was going to CrossFit at 21 my diet was decent but between the depression and CrossFit it was just hard to do both like yeah uh, uh what is it not bad movements like i'm i'm really about a good flow yeah <laughs> so I, I wasn't mindful i wasn't mindful of like when i was bloated how many bowel movements did i have yeah. these are very important things um and so now i'm more mindful of that it's like okay your your back is hurting now, Shay. This doesn't mean you had a good workout. This means your form is off. So I used to think, oh, this this <laughs> oh, this is a great workout. I'm in pain. No, Ajay, you need to. It's okay to have a little bit of pain, but Ajay, you need to stretch. Yeah. You need to make sure your form is good. Um, and what else did I learn from 
CrossFit, oh, taking constructive criticism. So now I welcome that. Um, no matter if I know it already, um, I'm going to let you talk. And then uh, I'm going to take, because it might be explained a little differently. It might, you might have something a little different from what I already know. So I'm going to let you talk and tell me what I'm doing wrong. And, and maybe I'm doing it for a reason, but I'm going to let you talk. Because uh, I used to be a lot super defensive when I received uh, constructive criticism. Okay. So now I'm just like, I'm going to listen. Those are the things that I took away from it. Uh, those are great. Those are great life lessons. And honestly, that's exactly how I feel about religion. Anything is like, I'm going to let you talk. I'm, I'm genuinely here. I'm here to hear anyone's point of view, whatever, however you walk through this world. I'm so down. I might mm -hmm. lean in and embrace it or not, but I'm here for it. So I think that, um, feedback and taking criticism is just a solid life rule in general. Like, I think that can yeah. serve you on so many levels. Yeah, yeah, because you, you, you take an, another person's perspective and understanding is why it's even done. Yeah. That's another thing, asking why it's done. Why do yeah. you do what you do? Because maybe that might make sense. Like for me, journaling. Yeah. I journal because my I can revisit my thoughts and probably have a different perspective when I revisit these thoughts, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. So I did get into CrossFit. Um, actually, so I was, uh, I played lacrosse in college. I was a D one top 20 athlete came home and had like a couple years off from doing nothing. And I started, and I had an ACL injury. That was like my first depression when I couldn't play lacrosse, so, like not doing physical activity. And at that, at that point I was like, okay, we got to keep moving, which we grew up as athletes. So it's like, that was always a part of my life. But then after college, mm -hmm. I didn't have, like, I was just doing like workouts and basic stuff and I, it was affecting my mental health. I didn't really notice it yet. Um, but then I have three younger brothers and two are military. The one was like, yeah, this, and one of my brothers also played lacrosse in college. So my brother that didn't, that was in the military is like you and Todd, other lacrosse player need to go do CrossFit. We're doing this stuff in the military. I think you guys would like it. And long story short, I went and I was like, oh my God, I got smoked. And again, I was like a top 20 D1 athlete, blah, blah, blah. And I got crushed. Like even we were doing pull-ups, I had like five bands and like it was the base of the base. So I always tell people, I'm like, even if you're like top athlete or whatever resume you have, if you're walking into the gym, one of the most intimidating places to walk into, it doesn't matter how bad it is because everybody starts ugly. Like everything is just like a day one. So anyways, that took off. And then I got my dad into it and I happened to be at a gym that was pretty competitive and just got mm -hmm. like you, I was competitive and I just got into it and I loved it. I love the people I love the community. And we ended up going to the game. Like it just went off from there. And actually a lot of my business went through that health and wellness. So it, it was such a blessing for me for the fitness and the mental health, but truthfully, the community is my personal, my professional and my mental was um, so served by it. So once it was in, it was in, and this is, you know, why I used to do it. Cause I get to be around people like you that are, are doing stuff. Like they're out there with something to say and something to do. Yeah. 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 The community part. I know you were saying that you, uh, all, that's one of the reasons why you started going to the church for a while is because of the community. And that, that was, that was one thing <clears throat> that I didn't realize I needed. That's actually something I try to stay away from because communities prior to that were very disappointing sure. and so I was very uh hesitant but um I'm grateful for people that are um a lot more welcoming than others and that's it's fair to not be overly welcoming you want to be cautious and be mindful of who you bring into your space yeah. so that's fair but the people that are kind of um 
just like overwhelmed with love and just openness. I feel like you're very, you seem very open. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you see somebody with a straight face, you would still be like, hi, like, how are you doing? (laughs) Well, (laughs) for the most part, (laughs) as we get, you know, as we get older, we get better with boundaries. Cause it's like, all right, you just tap the energy. I got to get the hell out. But for the most part, I love people. But again, this is why I love CrossFit. Cause like not everyone sticks around. Like if you get smoked mm-hmm. and hate it, like usually it's a personality fit. So I'm super open mm-hmm. there. Cause 99.9% of the time we have something in common and we're showing up to better ourselves. And like, we have some sort of person, you could say people that don't do CrossFit would probably say personality disorder where we want to go in and just like smoke ourselves and whatever, but it kind of filters it out. So like walking through uh-huh. the world, you know, I'm welcoming to people. I I genuinely do love people and community. Um, but CrossFit is just that the fitness of it is such a blessing because it ju- it's just like minded humans. So it filters it out for me. Like it, that's yeah, not, that's yeah, it's not your everyday group of humans. And I'm, I mean, I've seen this through my work. I'm sure you've seen it as being a nurse. Like it's not, it's not, not everything is like that environment. So that's why yeah. I just, I hold it so sacred because it's, it's my people like me on the mission and it's not an elite thing. It's not a cult thing. It's not anything like that. It's just, it's just people that I identify with. And I, I would tell that even my kiddos, like I would say exactly what you would say is be mindful. Like you don't need to be a part of every community or follow everyone's gospel mm-hmm. of what they're doing, but like find your group. And like, once you find your group, it's like, that's to me, is kind of like your second family. Like that's who you go with that's who kind of like fuels the soul do you feel that way yeah yeah I do I do I do I do um because um for me maybe it's I'm just naturally hesitant regardless where I'm at um but I think I've opened up a little bit more so but I am grateful for people that are a little bit more open I do and I do agree that you, you we do have the right not to to uh, be a part of every community, not to welcome everybody in, um, just right. like they have the rights. And that's one thing too, I always try to be, remind myself, Ajay, you have the rights, so allow them to have the rights to say yeah. yes or no to you. It may hurt your feelings. It may hurt your feelings because you're like, I'm the best person in the world. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but hopefully I can cuss every now and again. I don't know. Oh, I'll for stop. sure. Yeah. Okay. So like, it may hurt your feelings, but you have to you have to uh, allow people to be human just as much as you allow yourself to be human. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm glad I came across the CrossFit community. Um, glad I, I came across nursing too. Uh, it's crazy though how some nurses don't like take their health serious. I'm mean, like, you didn't see um, Mr. Jack there with no legs. Cause that's so scary. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so this is the perfect segue. Cause I, I want to talk about this. I, so I'm marketing, branding, health and wellness. I see it from a different perspective of more of the business side. And to be honest, like that's where my deep side eye comes in of like, that's my major hesitancies. Like I'm warm and open to most things, but like usually with the business and stuff, like I side eye at all because being a female, I'm usually one of the only women in the room. Everything in health and wellness is smoke and mirrors and people are skinny and fit, but sometimes it's anorexia or eating. Just like not everything is what it seems. And that's a lot yeah. of reason I started the podcast to like start telling the truth and bringing, you know, our, our superheroes that don't necessarily want to be influencers sh- to share their story and let our, our, our people, mainly our young people hear a different journey in a different way, because this is the truth. And a, there's not a lot of truths out there. So anyways, mm-hmm. um, I think it's 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 so interesting that you can be in this health and wellness situation, and this is where our convo started, and yet a lot of your leaders in your industry 
don't even really care about nutrition or I'll let you tell, like, tell me about your experience. Like, let's talk about that and the disproportionate reality of not only maybe for women, cause there's not a lot with women's, you know, health, we got a long way to go. And then women of color, like you're in a major mm-hmm. leadership role. So tell me how you navigate that when you, it kind of sounds like you're in a mission right there fighting for the nutrition and to be heard around the whole picture of wellness. Um, Ooh, there's a lot. I'm still learning. I'm still learning, but, um, when it comes to being a woman of color, I, um, at this point, I just ignore, uh, I've learned to ignore, uh, what I think people might be thinking. Cause so when I was a CNA, um, I would get certain questions that I didn't care for, um, or certain comments I didn't care for. So I had to learn to like, one, we're not talking about this conversation. Let's not have to talk about this again. Um, I just had weird incidents, incidences where, um, I don't know, for example, some woman decided to tell me how she was dating a black dude and then proceeded to twerk. And I was what? like, yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, I need me a bad boy and proceeded to twerk. And I just like laughed it off because I didn't know what to do at that moment. Yeah. <clears throat> and so one, if I had, if I, if I would have twerked, at work, it would have come off totally different. But for her, it came off like silly and spunky. And then also too, why are you tell I don't care. And yeah. also too, not every, like not every black man is a bad boy. So <laughs> it, it was it was silly, ignorant things like that that would come across. Um, it was also too just sometimes the perception I I, I had of what people might think of me. Like um, I don't. Um, what is it? Pronunciate or pronounce my words well um, all the time, or I have like a little slang sometimes when I talk, and I do be I I I know I need to be mindful of bringing more um, like professional vernacular into certain situations, like um, uh, or uh, what is it? Medical terms into the situation, um, but I would have like this inferiority complex with, okay, like how I look, how I talk, um, like what are they thinking of me? And I thought about it a lot. And then I had to remember, remind myself, and as time went on, uh, half these people don't even know how to pronounce some of these words. Half of these people don't have it all together. The, um, The more I surround myself with all walks of life, we are, we are in the same situation. Yeah. Just a different skin suit, just a different, uh, different skin suit, really. And maybe yeah. even a different class, but nobody is better than me. <laughs> I am no better than any other person. We may be on a different level, not level, but a different page in life. Um, but <clears throat> we've all experienced all of the things, anger, inferiority, uh, uh, depression, all of these things. And so that kind of takes away these stigmas that people may legit have of me, but at least it's not haunting my, 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 my mind. Um, so, and I just walk in believing that I belong in this space because I do. And, um, and I, I walk in reminding myself, Ajay, it's okay to express what you don't want um, 
or how you don't want a person to treat you or talk to you. Um, and also too, I have to remind myself, <clears throat> um, people are people. So yeah. uh, people are prejudiced, people are racist, people are hateful. Mm-hmm. And I say people, I said no, everybody. I'm in, and so we gotta be mindful, all of us have to be mindful of our prejudices and um so yeah, so that's kind of how I navigate being um, a black woman is walking into a space knowing that I deserve respect just as much as the person that is white or opposite of me. Um, and I, and to be okay with expressing that I don't like this. And that's one thing I'm grateful for um, about people who came before me is a few years ago, I would not be able to be this vocal about um my sex or um my race and because my ancestors because my mom because my grandma great grandma were just bold enough to live life and to express themselves i'm able to be a nurse i'm able to express um uh, my opinions and views on race without getting lynched i'm i'm grateful for the allies that they had um, and like what you were saying with them, um, the, the young generation, um, they just seem like they're more woke. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that's because past generations, whether they're, they're, um, their mistakes or some of the feats the, that they had in the past, that, that trickles down to us. We're going to see the mistakes. We're going to see the, 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 uh, the, um, the good parts too. And we're gonna learn from it, and so it's it's not just a a one generation thing; it's a collective. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, so and then with the healthcare and what I see there, <clears throat> I see when it comes to healthcare workers, I see them knowing what they're doing, but only to put a bandaid. I see yeah. them knowing how to put a bandaid on things. Um, I see them bit too busy to take time to express the importance of health. I see them jaded, even me, I see them jaded, um, trying to express the importance of um, doing more with, well, I see them jaded trying to express needing to take your medications. Sometimes, um, or knowing that patients are not caring so, at this point, all we can do is put a mandate on. And right. so <clears throat> I feel like, yes, it's the healthcare, it's healthcare's responsibility to educate and to um, guide our patients to the right direction. But it's so hard sometimes when you know they're not listening, like nobody's listening. It's like, do do I want to really, do I really want to waste my time? Yeah. Um, but I still, I still try to at least um, give them something. I always go for uh like diet and exercise is being one of the biggest factors because that's what it is. Totally. And um, I, I don't know what every nurse does behind the doors of uh, of that patient's room. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, uh, I don't know what the doctors are always talking about. I know they're talking about the, the, the pain regimen, the medication regimen, um, but I don't know if they're talking about the, the importance of changing your diet and stuff. But I feel like it does need to be more of a conversation. Um, 
yeah, I feel like it needs to be more of a conversation. And I do feel like healthcare people are stressed too. So yeah. uh, that's a that's a hard one too. I see, you know, I see doctors, heart doctors with, um, you know, that are overweight and I don't know what's going on in their life, but this is what I see. And it's like, sir, you know, this visceral fat can lead yeah. to some heart attacks like clogged arteries. Um, so you need to take care of yourself too, right over here, to, yeah. you know, knowing about all these things about the heart. Um, right. But yeah, I, that's what I see right now. Uh, how to go about helping. I don't know yet. I feel like as time goes on, I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out. Um, well, it's kind of like we were saying that the generation, like change is slow, but every, uh, every proactive step matters. And even if you can't see the, the major change, like little change is constantly happening. Uh, I did want to offer this as someone that's, you know, I've had ACL surgery, two cleanouts, and then like all kinds of other health. My family, <laughs> we're all athletes. We've seen a million doctors. And just from my perspective, I wanted to offer this to you. I always, anytime I see like a female surgeon or anything, it's always such a relief to me. And being around so many like authority type doctor figures, it's like anytime I feel this like God complex or someone's talking at me, it's the worst thing ever. So I always, I mean, anytime I speak to a health professional, and like I can understand being a coach, like how there's expectation in my mind to show up a certain way. But man, anytime it's authentic and you're speaking as you, meaning any sort of anyone in a position authority, I always try and say, I'm like, don't please just be your authentic self and whatever it is. Cause as a patient, from my personal perspective, it was always such a relief for me to feel some sort of authenticity that I don't need all the huge terms or all this, like just talk to me as a human being that's already right. going through a hard time versus <laughs> you being this superpower authority. And I think our old school yeah. train of thought is like being a doctor, police officer, whatever. It's like, I got to come at you as this really intense authority. And it's like, nah, I'd actually rather you speak how you speak, be how you are, do what you do authentically. And that helps me as a patient relate to you so unsolicited feedback but I, I I think especially someone that walks so authentically as you do however you show up is exactly I think what people want to see so that's just my piece of feedback there um it's comfortable too yeah it doesn't, feel like, it doesn't feel like you're wearing a tight pair of jeans and every time you sit down <laughs> you need some <laughs> exactly it's like dang I'm already in a shit situation like can you just be nice just be real with me you don't need to hit yeah. me with this cold like diagnostic situation and blah, like it's so formal like just be a human um right but on the on the flip side and I want to I want to flip over to like kind of what we do um and you already touched on it but how important to you personally is representation um in your life it sounds like it's a conscious mindset uh but and you were a leader at you know zero years old with all your siblings so it's you've kind of always been in this leadership role but how important is representation in your professional world as of right now um yeah I, I think it's uh super super important so from zero to ten ten being like extremely important it's a ten um, I actually remember when I first became a nurse um I was like nervous like oh my god I hope I don't kill nobody um and then as time goes on I'm like oh my god I keep, I keep, I see all of this happening with my patient's health. I also need to be a nurse that practices what they preach. And when I, when I uh, do speak on health and eating healthy and working out and stuff, I do know I am not the fittest of them all. So I do uh, preface that before I uh, go on into my little spiel. Like, listen, I know I have uh, stomach fat, 
Um, I know, you know, I might not be the fittest of them all, but, um, you know, I, I lost a little bit of weight. So, because I know sometimes people need that. You know, they need to know, like, are you really about this? And so, um, and then I go in on to... I go in, I'm telling them, like, I understand life is hard. I understand, um, you know, mentally you might be stuck, but we need to make small changes to do better. Like, representation is a big, big part. Yeah. Also, too, um, not just as a, like a, a nurse, but also, too, as a Black person. So <clears throat> there's, a, like, certain slang terms and stuff or, like, jokes um, that are cultural, um, that, you know, I will get. So kind of, it works out a little bit. People are a little bit more comfortable, um, with me, um, when it comes to me looking like them. Uh, yeah. So well, I think so I'm not, not to interrupt you, but I, 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 I got it. Yeah. I got to say like, I, you are fit. I've seen you do the work so I can advocate authentically there. Uh, but we, we are real people. The, I think we have this narrative. And again, this is someone myself that works amongst fitness influencers, CrossFit game athletes. Almost nobody looks like that. And almost nobody <laughs> wants to walk into the room with Hercules saying, here's how you eat your apple. And it's, it's just, it's too much. Like you want, right. you, you, you're, you're a real fit person and you are a leader and you are more, more fit than 99% of people out there. Um, so the reality is I think it's deeply critical as a woman, as a woman of color, and as a real human being that you are considered a fit person. I, I mean, I just mm. got to say that as a marketing person, because that's what our kiddos here, they see this on Instagram of like, this is what fitness looks like. No, 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 no. We, this is what fitness looks like. And everyone else in our yeah. class and everyone, like, it's, it's just so different. So anyways, as a marketing person, I'm like, no, you are fit. I've seen you do this. And like, yeah. I think, I think people look at you as a fit person. So un, again, I just, mm. This is just my opinion, my perspective, but I, I feel the need to share. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, I mean, I'm pretty much done anyways. Like, yeah, like <laughs> representation is very important. Yeah. I even do this with like, I try to do this with my nieces and my nephews because, um, because <clears throat> I think it's only fair to uh, practice what you preach. I, yeah. um, what is it? My mom. So she used to, she used, I think that's where I got it from, but that's one thing I liked about her, many other things, but she would always um, participate in the things she asked us to participate in. Let's clean up. Yeah. She's cleaning up with the, you know, um, she always, she just always believed in um, kind of having us be equals. Obviously there's a, there's a, there should be a, a little different, like a difference, um, to an extent, but uh, for the most part, when it came to action, she tried to to um, uh, act on what she preached, right. and so um, and I wanted that for my sisters too, because uh, mom was my mom was no longer here, and so I wanted them to know like we can get out of this hellhole. Yeah, Just do you know do what I did, but in your own way, I guess. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the I, the actions 
speaks so much louder than words. Like we can podcast about stuff, we can do this, but I think the way you walk in a room and not even the physical, it's more the energy, how you carry yourself. Yeah. Like you feel the confidence, you feel the internal. That is, imp- our kiddos are aware. They see what's going on. You know, babies learn just off energy and, and sight and movement. It's not even the words yet. Like everything is impacting and as much as we can speak and say, and or we only got 15 minutes to tell you how to change your entire life to be better. It's just you walking in the room being a certain way might impact them more and inspire them more to make better decisions than all the stuff you have to say. So yeah. that's why I'm so passionate about representation. And, and like you're saying is leading by example, um, because our kiddos have access to information. They can check our credentials, our resume, our LinkedIn, what we, what we've done, mm-hmm. what we haven't done our Instagram. Like the truth is the truth. And if you're not actually walking in it, someone's going to call bullshit and they're just, they're just not going to buy it. Just like what you're saying about education. Like you can read all these things, but if you're not actually doing it, it's not going to matter. Yeah. So there's no point. There's no point to it. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm passionate. I'm passionate about that in all walks of life, all walks. So when it comes to that, so. I love it. Yeah. Well, so, so what, okay. So we've got health and wellness. Um, you've got, I love how, I mean, the journey has kind of led you to this point of being a super strong willed, uh, well, strong physically, but strong mentally, but I can see the strong will within you to keep walking in a direction. What are your ideal next steps? Like, it's clear that you're not just going to have a job. You're going to have purpose aligning with it, but what is the next Mm -hmm. step in your world that you're super passionate about? Okay. Oh, before I answer that question, I was thinking to myself, um, you were like, you, you already seem like you have your purpose, like you know your purpose, you're strong in it. And I've always told people that I see ramble on about whatever they like. Um, met this dude who was into Dungeons and Dragons and the way he was passionate about that, I was like, I'm happy for you. I am so <laughs> happy bad. for you. <laughs> I think I'm happy, although like, I don't give a fuck about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> if you're happy, I'm, the enthusiasm. Yeah, and I, I I like that passion, and I was nervous that I would not find that passion. Um, and like I like your passion, the the way people light up and and like like they sing it. I don't know. It's like they if you were on acid, I've never been on acid. Let's me neither. People assuming, probably think I am. <laughs> I'm assuming if you were on acid, you're going to see the words come like our colors come out your mouth when you speak about your passion it's going to be like yes. these rainbows or it's going to be yes. this like purple aura coming out and that's how that's how, that's what it feels like it's like it feels like i'm getting hit with this like crazy energy of love for something yes. that is not like your child or your significant other but something uh, that is yours and yours only something that can never be removed um because it's always going to be here uh, in some in some kind of capacity. Um, so I'm I'm kind of grateful that this is something I found for myself is like the passion to want to spread the, the 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 importance of health and not just like exercise and dieting, but like being selfish for yourself in order to rock to thrive and to um, then get share that energy with others. Um, so anyways, yeah, I just want to get, that's pretty much a low key compliment to you. Like, I just like your passion. You're welcome. So 
so received. Wait, I'm not, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to say so received. And what's so funny is at 42, I'm just figuring out a lot of things that you figured out in your twenties, but where I had what I thought was my passion competing and business and blah, blah. And now I'm leaning completely in to like coaching and core values. Cause I, I had this epiphany of like, what is the point of life in my version was like to be in service as ironically, not into religion as I am. It's like to be of service and to be of service means to find your purpose and your passion. Cause exactly what you're saying, the visual acid with the rainbows, I, I completely hear you. And I think you put it so perfect that that's where I think we can help people save ourselves and find, because our purpose is to find the passion. How do we find the passion? Well, we need coaches or core values or something to get mm -hmm. in it. And like, if we're swalking in that purpose, that's when that enthusiasm bleeds out. And that's what yeah. our freaking world needs. So yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but yes, you nailed it. So I'm glad it appears that way, but I'm just now figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause life would be boring if we didn't find our purpose. And it's yeah. all about trial. It's all about trial and error. It's all about this playing with things that you didn't like. And so everything that you participated in and you feel like waste, you wasted your time in, it was well worth it because it yeah. guided you into the place that you are finally grateful to be in. And I don't know if I'm going to be this enthusiastic about what I'm enthusiastic now, but at this moment, I love that place. But anyway, to answer your question, where I see myself, um, <clears throat> I see myself still playing with life. So, um, Love that. like I'm always going to play with life, but, um, I am intentionally trying to put myself in spaces that I think I might like. So, um, I've been thinking about learning how to, you know, garden a little bit more, a little bit more, like how to be a better gardener okay. and, uh, probably grow, um, herbs. Cause like I'm about holistic care so like learning about how certain foods play a part with the body um i've been thinking about going back to school to become a nurse practitioner so then i can open up my own practice i learned that it's called functional medicine because i was i was giving this term to one of the uh mps at at crossfit and i was like yeah like i want to get into holistic health care she's like oh like functional medicine i was like oh that's what that's called dang, dang, so, yes. yeah <laughs> that right there and so um, I might get into functional medicine. Um, I I don't see myself being a bedside nurse for too long. It's it's horrible on the knees, and um, I would it would be a cool idea to um, still find a way to bring people that are in in the hospital um, and have them come out uh, um, into a rehabilitation spots where they can get into um holistic healthcare mind body soul um in ways that can go about doing that that's all like a I whole human approach yeah um so in that way i would like to like enter the hospital get my little spill and then bring them out but i i i really i don't know but those are like those are my thoughts um i love it and then <clears throat> yeah like those are those are my thoughts. I, I low-key want to live in a different country. So I don't know if I want to, if I just want to wait, live in a different country for a little bit and then come back from under a rock and then continue on. 
take a break um, from society grow yeah. a garden that's yeah take care of you i can see it's so funny because this might weave all the all this around into the business like that initial thought going into college <laughs> like it might all completely weave back, back around that i i completely think there's space for like a professional like post-op care situation that you go to to learn like these whole human holistic life skills and i genuinely <laughs> think i think it's a tough sell for probably people over 35 like my age but like our young people i think they would hospital how can i do this how can i learn life skills or whatever budget willing i 100 percent think that's realistic so i'm just putting that into universe just in case yeah thank you <laughs> not that I, not that i have any pull but we'll just, we'll just put it out there positive as much positive stuff to come to my to my aid that's all i need but go. um yeah i mean i'm excited though to see what life has to offer i feel like um just keeping like optim like an optimistic and uh grateful state of mind will lead me to where i need to be we'll see how it goes yeah um but i do know yeah i want to be more educated in how everything ties into our health <laughs> and i really do hope that people see how important that is and i, I know it's i say a challenge because i feel like when you say hard or it's a it, it doesn't seem like it can be overcome um right. but it's possible and i think a lot of people just need to re um structure how they view health and wellness and also too i feel like sometimes people i don't know if you feel the same but i feel like sometimes people take a view um health and wellness as a uh punishment almost like yeah. i'm fat so yeah. let me eat this carrot I'm like no like right. I love myself. Let me eat this carrot. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the people, food is like reward and punishment and like our, the way society kind of, you know, puts a narrative around how we fuel ourselves is really brutal. And I think that's where a lot of like, you know, the disordered eating and everything else are just, you know, not loving yourself, confidence and everything happens, but it is like taking back that personal responsibility of your choices, your life, shutting off Instagram, shutting off the TV, shutting off any sort of community that's not serving you and kind of getting back to like what makes you feel better. Like you kind of talked about it earlier, of like just being more intuitive of how does this make me feel? And we didn't even get onto the idea of like how, you know, if you like, I, at one point I was super angry. So my liver was flaring, like how that the, the physical goes into the emotional and the emotional then becomes, you know, show, starts showing up in your body in different places. Yeah. So it's just yeah. leaning into that intuition. Yeah, it is. It is. I agree. Get, getting oh, back to it. Um, Bruce Bruce Lipton, Biology of uh, Belief, kind of talks about that. I don't know if okay. you've ever read this book, but yeah. What's it yeah. called? Bruce. Um, it's by Bruce Lipton, but it's called Biology of uh, Belief. It's okay. pretty much telling like how your perspective um, messes messes with your body, like how you perceive stress can dictate how your body. Um, cooperates and works oh for sure I've, I've seen it's funny because like the at points in my life when i was doing my cleanest eating most training blah 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 i was probably the most stressed out and the least healthy i might have looked the most healthy but in reality like again liver, liver was flaring and and for my because what i do for my work i work with different like human optimization type companies and stuff so i was doing some of these blood tests for them but it was showing up that i was not like i was stressed out and just off path like i was just out of alignment on so many levels but appeared healthy so this is where like i get i'm like people don't you can't judge a book by its cover because you don't no, know what it's really going on you got to get back to self and self-responsible and advocating for your own journey of, of what you actually need and figuring that out yourself yeah, 
Yeah, I could talk about this all day because there's so many <laughs> topics within this whole conversation that I can talk about. So yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it's a journey. I love that. Um, you are, I think the main piece of the takeaway of this conversation is that personal responsibility to, uh, lean in, advocate for yourself, ask questions and trust your, your gut and trust the process of like, kind of, you got to show up intentional, but you got to let go and just know that things are weaving in your direction. Like everything, yeah. you know, we see that we didn't get from our parents. I think as we get older, we start to see the good that we did get from them. And, um, I mean, your fight, your will, your perseverance, your clarity on serving yourself to serve your community, all that to me in knowing you a short time is very evident and it's very, um, it's very within. So I think that is, I mean, probably like one of the main pieces of your path is just as a new friend speaking. Um, but, but it's there, the fire is there. Yeah. yeah. So do you Thank have, you so much. hell yeah. Do you have a favorite quote or anything you want to leave us with words of advice? Um, this one, this is, I don't even know who, it's by my mom, but I'm going to paraphrase. So, and it's, it's not a really clean, uh, quote, but she would always tell me, um, do not stress about your keys if you lose them. And so what I took from that as time went on is do not stress about something that is lost because it will be hard to find it. So this is with anything. Do not stress about um, certain things you hope to come into fruition because it may not come to you. It's like a, almost like a resistance. Um, yeah. To, to the universe or God. And I, if you notice when you do lose something and you just completely forget, like, you know what? I'm over this. I'm not about to stress myself about this. It comes back up. You, I don't know where you, it just pops up or um, your mind is clear enough to retrace the steps um, around the time you lost it and you're able to find it. So that's what I got for you. I love that so much. It's so, I mean, your mom sounds exactly like you. And again, this is just a human from a 10,000 foot view, but like the soul and the energy and like that clarity, like that's a pretty deep like statement on, you know, on life. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's like some soul searching. That means you've had experience in life to know, to say something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never understood what she meant by that. As time <laughs> went on. And I, yeah. And maybe, yeah. So yeah. Um, there's a lot of things we are, we're similar in. We're left-handed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love I it. Look like her. <laughs> where, where can people find you? Do you want to share Instagram or anything else? Yeah. So I, I do have, um, an Instagram. It's called cherish underscore life 65. Um, I do have Facebook. It's, um, Ajay Ramirez. So A-U apostrophe, no, sorry. A-U-S-H-A. And then Ramirez. I think everybody knows how to spell Ramirez. But I'll spell it again. I'll spell it for everybody. R-A-M-I-R-E-Z. Um, and I did have a YouTube channel, but I'm just going to keep that one to myself. Okay. <laughs> <Never> <laughs> Hashtag Never boundaries. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Well, Ajay, I sincerely appreciate the time and energy. Uh, I'm so excited to see what's next. I don't think there's any pressure to have it figured out. Life is going to work in your favor. Universe is looking out. And I'm just so pumped that you're excited about 
the, the power within and then to just use your voice to share with whatever it is you say. And as general as that sounds, I'm intentionally saying it to you because I feel like you've got a lot to say. You've got a lot of power in your hands and your heart. And I think it's deeply going to serve uh, this world. And it, in health and wellness, it's it's not even just nutrition or anything else. It's just like that whole body thing. I think mm-hmm. you're you're going to be doing us a lot of solid service. Thank you. Thank you yes. so much Just for having me. For real. Thank you for opening up your arms to me. Hey. I feel so careful. <laughs> my pleasure. This is my soul for you. I get so much out of every of these conversations. It's always, it so it serves me in so many ways. So I always, like I say, appreciate the time and energy. And you got to drop yeah. back into Bladium soon. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm taking my niece next time, too. She should be walking by the yes. time I come back. So Boom. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. We could go on. I appreciate it. If you're listening, go check out Ajay. Follow her on Instagram. Go see what she has going on. Um, super inspiring journey, but I think you should be excited about what's next. So go see what she has going on. And uh, Ajay, we should probably check in in like six months to a year just to see what's new. Oh, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. Okay. Let's go. All right. We'll chat Thanks. soon. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.